to, to me, permaculture is really a, a planning, it's a road to sustainability. And I will add that, uh, maybe it's not commonly used, but it's part of it, resilience. Welcome to Home Green Homes podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite a variety of experts in the world of green homes and have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, and living in green homes, purchasing or financing green homes and improvements, to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. Hello, everyone. This is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes Podcast. Today, I have a distinguished guest, Ruth Megiddo of Megiddo Architects, as well as Farm Urbana. And uh, Ruth is a, an architect as well as a permacultural specialist. So I'm going to let her tell us who she is and what her background is. So Ruth, thank you so much for coming on today with me. I really appreciate your time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you, where you came from, and what uh, what you're doing. I am an architect, yes. I practice for about 30 to 40 years architecture. And I transitioned, or I am in, in the mode of transitioning more in urban farming because I felt that my passion actually transitioned from the built environment per se as the architecture together with the environment, the, the, the green environment. So the, what I'm talking about in permaculture is having that kind of action the built environment, the, the environment. Now the urban green environment in my books urban, becomes urban farming. So we can have actually an extension of using the greens for a purpose, especially in this historic time when we discovered what's happening with the planetary situation of mm -hmm. climate change. Mm -hmm. So it became, the, to me, kind of a natural transition because architecture, which I was very fond of my education in Italy, became an urgency in the sense that of urban farming can provide sustainability for the city population, which we know is growing faster than uh, any expectation. Right. So, uh, so uh, by reading the maps, as architects do, I understood how much one can do with greening the city and allowing the population not only become alert and aware that they can do something about. So mm -hmm. that's essentially really my purpose here, to mm -hmm. find out in what way every individual, even if it's one inch, can contribute. So yes, I developed. Now, that led me in a way to permaculture because it's not only cultivating, it's cultivating in, in an ecological way 
so that we really improve the situation of the land. As we know, the agriculture, the way it is used today, it's totally unsustainable. Right. So fortunately, I, and I already am reading that there is a lot of, uh, of um, critical mass already aware of and doing something about. So we as a city population can do our little thing, which right. is important because that's how that goes, grows organically. <laughs> Coming to talk about the organic way of growing food. That's what we, I imply we can do in the city. Everybody can grow some kind of food in some kind of situation, if it's in a balcony or, of course, my, my uh, idea is doing it a little more professionally and do develop systems. And in fact, I'm working now on a system that can be, of course, applied as a community garden or individual garden, mm -hmm. but also as a business proposition where farm and building can create a symbiotic situation where they both benefit and as in permaculture, we like to say where there is no waste because the waste becomes compost, as you probably know, and where season and people and community and activities can really create a, a situation where we gain some happiness there and some joy of doing something with our own hands and contribute to a society in large and create possibly that's what I would like to do, a model yes. that can be reproduced. So it has to be successful, the first one <laughs> to do that. So that's where I'm working right now. That's okay. where my passion is in this moment. Thank you, Ruth. So permaculture itself has been, it's a concept that has been around for quite some time. But I myself, as a green real estate agent and regenerative real estate, um, have become aware of the, the term permaculture not too long ago, actually. So um, just for those of the uh, those people who really are not sure what that means, perhaps you can tell me what the definition of permaculture is. Uh, I, I'm not sure if there is a one definition. I know right. of about 30. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I can I can sum up that. Uh, first of all, it's not a methodology. It's not a way of doing some. Well, it is a way of doing, but it's not a definition like a dictionary definition mm -hmm. precise. It's because it, it was practiced. It's not something that somebody invented. Right. Uh, the, the term was coined by Bill Mollison. Right. Bill Mollison was unfortunately he died several a few years ago. He was in Australia. He. In, he was born in Australia, mm -hmm. and he studied bioagriculture uh, as a student and was going to do his final the, the diploma, PhD work, in mm -hmm. Tasmania. That's an mm -hmm. island east mm -hmm. of Southeast Australia. And he discovered, actually, uh, by reading how the plants grow, he was not an agriculture per se, he was a bioscientist. But he noticed the plants have some way of liking each other, staying together each other, and and all together the shapes and the forms were so harmonic that he said, hey, why don't we do that as when we grow food? Why don't we let the plants find themselves, develop themselves in an harmony as in the, uh, the uh, no, I was going to say desert, in the jungle. 
So that was kind of a first initial one. He and uh, he, he had two disciples that were very close to him. One of them was my teacher in permaculture. Uh, they they coined that term that he called it permanent culture because what he was too wanted to bring that culture to our practice in the cities in countries and permanent because that's what's happening if if nature is harmonic the way it goes you read gear is something that's permanent so that's how it came the term permaculture uh, lots of people have some time to digest that but it comes once you get into it, it it's more like a, a philosophy it's a state of mind Permaculture, once you absorb that kind of kinship with nature and observing, which is one of the principles in architecture, don't do anything, just observe the sun, the wind, the direction of the breeze, the, the, the plants, how they connect. That, that became actually a study. Uh, I don't have it right now, but I want to show you the book of Bill Mollison, it's kind mm -hmm. of, and full of interesting stories. It's actually a kind of a good reading book. So uh, so he then, with those two students, developed and tried to amplify the learning. And that was about, I'm talking about the 50s, the 60s, 70s. Mm -hmm. And right now, to my surprise, it's already a critical mass of people who practice that. Because it is so, not only logical, it's so common sense. One of the things that is important when we're talking about culture is taking care of the soil, of the ground, of what you grow. So what can be more basic than that? And people, I don't want to say everybody, but most people who understand agriculture, who practice agriculture before the industrial revolution, already mm -hmm. did that. Uh, that's, you know, 30, 40 years in the more recent history, that's the problem, that we felt that we, I'm talking about the Western the industrial culture, mm -hmm. obligated to produce a lot more for less money. And mm -hmm. that was the only objective, how to do uh, abundancy cheap. Mm -hmm. Nature doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, what's happening now with depleting the soil of the natural minerals, it's like a revenge on us. <laughs> so we now we have now we, I still feel us. So now we learn how to cope and that. And there are you know little uh, tips that are on a grand scale that uh, I, I I would say something that I learned more recently. Bluntly said, I knew that, but was bluntly said by a French politician that was passionate about. His, he insisted that we can resolve the problem of carbon, which is sustaining life. Mm -hmm. If we cover every piece of land with something that grows, that we don't live around bare land. Why? Because the sun is killing all the, you know, the, the top soil is very mm -hmm. fragile. It's about five, six, eight inches, that's all. Mm -hmm. So if it kills all the, all the organic, especially now it's happening as we talk with yes. the climate change and the heating waves that we have, so he said, if that will be covered, and you know we, what we do, we cover crops uh, to to and cover crops become the mulch helping compost and so forth. Uh, then we we won't have that uh, use that uh, loss of carbon. 
So mm-hmm. that was just an or so coming back with with with, with so, so talking like permaculture, as I said, it's not something that was invented. It's it's like an evolution, and mm-hmm. in fact, uh, some people uh, now because we knew what to look for, observe that many of the uh, indigenous population in different parts of the world were practicing that. So it's not a novelty. It's mm-hmm. common sense, I call it. Yeah. So uh, common sense is what a lot of people around us do, the organic gardening. Mm-hmm. It's not quite permaculture, but organic organic gardening, uh, it's very important. It's very important that people pay attention and they understand that in, uh, implementing compost has a value. What it's not yet like, and they do, they every time they actually learn and some element my culture, I, say, I feel the lack or I, I almost resent because they are almost there. The, the, the lack of bigger amplitude. They mm-hmm. do what they do well, they save the cup, they harvest the hope, they bring it home, they enjoy eating it because it's clean of chemicals. But that's it. That's about it. So I, I have a feeling that it won't take that long that everybody doing some sort of growing food will become more concerned uh, about permaculture actually has very defined principles. Mm-hmm. So uh, and one of which that the organic people don't care for is integrating animal growings. So mm-hmm. chicken and small animals, it's obvious because they provide the nitrogen mm-hmm. for the, so it's, it's all integrated. Mm-hmm. First important thing in, mm-hmm. in permaculture, there are three elements, three pillars, we call them, of ethics. So right. that already puts you in a framework of bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. The, the ethics is expressed in caring for people. So it's caring for people in a in a wider sense, caring for for what people are on uh, together with everything on land. We are mm-hmm. equals with everybody else. So mm-hmm. people are not there. We are all part of um, of life. And the other principle is care of the earth, which is very connected with caring for people. It shows the relationship between people and the soil, the health, the plants, the, the, what, what our planet is all about. And interesting enough, the third principle, it's, fa- it's called fair share. In, in, in permaculture, there is abundance. So we don't have to be in, in this is mine and this is yours, it's too much. It, if one practice permaculture, when there is abundance, there is a lot for everybody. So that's what is a stimulant for being immersed in abundance. Our abundance mm-hmm. can be infinite if people do it. If you, mm-hmm. you produce right, you do respectfully what you do in, uh, in growing food. Uh, that, that's the three things important. Now, coming to the principle, one I just mentioned before is the observation. Mm-hmm. The, the, the observation, what is the nature of the place where you want to grow. Some people have 40, 30, 10, five acres of land, mm-hmm. don't know what to do. Well, observing what's there, how you 
implement the quality of the soil. That's first thing, and that takes some time. I mean, there is there is a methodology actually in permaculture. They are called zone and sectors, and is the reading the map of the energy around the soil. Mm-hmm. Because if we channel correctly the sun and use what needs more sun here and what the shade of this other plant do well, and we mm-hmm. do a tree, what kind of plants can have a, around the tree that helps the tree? And so that's uh, together with developing a design. That's, that's mm-hmm. my forte in permaculture. I, can, mm-hmm. I realized it from the very beginning when I realized that this is going to be my passion because I read that kind of design possibility in, in arranging the plants that not only the plants will be happy, that everything will look good. And that's mm-hmm. again, right? But mm-hmm. in general, if one does it correctly, the plants look happy. Another uh, permaculture uh, principle is that there is no waste. In permaculture, really, if one practices mulch, you know what mulch is? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and is aware of what can be mulched, but the mulch later on can be part of the compost. Mm-hmm. How to use the compost, how to turn around and the compost and for different situations, sometimes it's a different, uh, that it's another, another way to eliminate waste. That's mm-hmm. very important. Then, uh, well, of course, the energy, uh, part of the energy is also the water, the use of water in such a way that, that we use the gravity for that. We figure out what the highest point, we want the water to be collected in the highest point of that piece of land. And then with gravity, we can let, so we use gravity as a form of energy. What is very important in permaculture, it's another principle, is the um, mixture because we don't believe a monoculture mm-hmm. is something advisable. We know that that's what happens with the industrial agriculture. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, miles and miles and miles, same crop, same kind of uh, the poly. We call it polyculture instead mm-hmm. of monoculture. If I translate that in a different language. By having polyculture, mixture, different kind of plants, you you first we know that different plants attract or, or absorb different kind of minerals from the earth and and reciprocate with other plants. That's right. one kind. But but also think of it, and I'll bring an example that's a classic that probably every single person that will hear this would know about. But they would think of it in a different way. It's something that the Latinos people call it the three sisters. It, the Bananas. three sisters are mm-hmm. corn, yes, corn, beans, and mm-hmm. squash. And that's oh, the can have alternatives. Could be other. So the corn grows vertical all the mm-hmm. way up, absorbing as much sun for the flower. The beans, they are a vine, so they like to crawl all the way up. And the squash or any other plant that uh, grows horizontal keep cool the base, the, the ground, the soil. So look how interesting how they found that's a classic everywhere you will see that. So there could be other kinds of plants. Mm-hmm. This is one of the readings from uh, nature that, that one 
you know, did it a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. How how to that? So that's a it's like a system. So so that's a, an example of another principle in there. And there is one that's kind of similar to this, which is my favorite, and it's called stacking. Stacking. Mm-hmm. You know, you can grow a certain plant that mm-hmm. probably grows on a, on a high, on a sustainable piece. So, and then you, in the shade of this plant, you have another system, another kind of plant that enjoys a cooler ground kind of. So not necessarily one which could be an horizontal development of something that grows mm-hmm. together with another plant bushes. And uh, also uh, in, in that way, I could incorporate it, which I have to mention, plants that are native plants, bushes, mm-hmm. um, or plants that are, that are pollinators, which are very mm-hmm. important because mm-hmm. they bring the bees and other insects. So we need that that's like organic agriculture. They don't think that way. Maybe they do it or let it be because the plant uh, that doesn't belong there but has nice flowers, they will leave it. <laughs> But there is a function in that mm-hmm. to, to have them, everything kind of integrated. Like to sum up in, in the principles, there are probably a few more that that this moment uh, maybe are not easily to explain. But mm-hmm. one important, yes, come to mind, the plant guild, the guild. Um, mm-hmm. I think there is another way to explain the way that the commonality when certain plants like to be around each other like people right friends, mm-hmm. call it a guild so uh that's something that one wants to pay attention to and know about and and cater and cultivate there are a lot of plants that are maybe medicinal plants or that have a lot of uh, uh, nitrogen in in uh, uh, like legume plants legumes mm-hmm. if you look at the roots of a legume plant have this nodules that's full mm-hmm. of nitrogen. Well, there are wow. plants who la- need more nitrogen than others. So if you cultivate those together with the ones that need it, voila, you can have happy for everybody. So that's, <laughs> that's another another way of thinking of the sure. girls. And, sure. yeah. So after, uh, uh, that, not to mention, you know, uh, when you do that, the soil becomes restored because you know once those plants go away you don't turn the soil around that's the not tilling we call it that now everybody knows about it. and i think mm-hmm. the big dog finally they got it yeah. Nothing, i see i saw in an article that talks to agriculture people mm-hmm. and saying no tilling like oh we do that or a sequence of changing from that another. This is a, it's like you said, it's a practice. Like it's been practiced for so many years. It's just that we're just kind of calling it a new term, permaculture, which is almost like, you know, a new thing, but it's really something that has yes. been around for yes. a long time. Now, going back to what you said in the beginning, the reason that you are doing this is that we are facing this very serious problem of overpopulations in the city and how are we going to be feeding all these people and I love what you said that each one of us can do something little you know grow one thing or you know like each one of us can do something 
to to help this, right? So, what is your tips for people like ourselves? Like I, I am an urban dweller, like you are. You know, we live in the big city, and and a lot of us have maybe living in the condominiums or apartment buildings where maybe they have a balcony, maybe they don't. Um, what are the things that you would you would encourage people to do if we were to implement these principles of permaculture? A few things come to mind. First of all, once you get a bug, you find yourself how and what, what you like observation. Mm-hmm. You look around, you say, what can I do? Now, mind you, there are all kinds of gadgets. Gadgets, maybe it's not fair to say that because some of them are hydroponic. And I've done mm-hmm. that myself and I have, have one here because I need to have, I don't have land right here. So mm-hmm. I have to grow. So yes, there are some ways, but maybe if I would be a little bit stubborn to say, find a groupie, find a people, find a situation where you can grow in the soil, in the land, mm-hmm. and create a small community garden. The small mm-hmm. can become big at one point. It's mm-hmm. the reward of growing, and there are many, Many of them are organic carbon. And mm-hmm. that's my resentment to that because they give you a plot of mm-hmm. four by ten. So that's a little bit hard for me, but maybe that can give the experience to want to do differently. And then mm-hmm. I think at one point when this would become for some people, maybe it would be uh maybe a necessity, I think that cities. The city can promote that. Every piece of property that's bare out there, that they are not going now, more of a reason, right now nobody is going to water those places. It will be bare, so it will be counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Grow food. So we <laughs> want to use the soil with compost. The compost becomes a sponge in the soil, maintain the, and growing the fruit with with the leaves that will cool the ground. So there is not much evaporation. And guess what? Wonderful tomatoes and other fruits to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's such a common sense to me that this has to become uh, adopted by everybody. So mm-hmm. yes, there are people who cannot uh, put themselves, the fingers in the nail, in the garage. That's another pro- <laughs> psychological thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... But uh, I think it's it's just the way humanity has to come to terms. How? Uh, what is your vision, and what what is the services that you can provide for people? Say, um, I am I am somebody who is very busy. Uh, I don't have time to be gardening. Well, is that the kind of people that you'd like to work with, or what? Are, what are your services, and what's your vision of helping out people in that city? Let's let's start with a, with a baby vision. <laughs> Don't we all have a vision to be permanent or to be? Here is a phrase that I read recently. It's a citation of Voltaire. Voltaire mm-hmm. was a writer, philosopher, seventeenth century. He mm-hmm. said, "Planting a tree is a humble form." of immortality mm. like that when when i say permaculture and gardens and, and uh, vegetables i always imply horticulture as well fruit trees i mean trees are fruit mm-hmm. are food 
So mm-hmm. to me, they go very mm-hmm. much together. So when he said planting a tree is a humble form of immortality, I thought, oh my goodness, that's also part of the common sense I believe mm-hmm. in. Is mm-hmm. to plant something that from a seed that small becomes an avocado tree. Well, it's more like this avocado. <laughs> <laughs> becomes how much food is in there. So, so and that, you know, that goes and maybe see the food, it's that immortality, that perpetuation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's also a form for us to accept our mortality because our mortality, it's in a way perpetuating. We, we go like fruit and trees and plants down there to feed mm-hmm. the soil like everybody else. Yeah. So it, it, it helps as a perspective of life. But as I said, permaculture, it's an art. Yes, it can, it's very artistic. Uh, and uh, and even on that, I think it can invite real artists to collaborate. I think that there is a, there is a way to bring artists and more organic part of nature. It's a science because it really responds to very rigorous nature-built way of science it is if one goes more in detail like the soil if we Mm -hmm. understand the composition of soil and the zillions of microorganisms in the soil oh my goodness that's science and how that feeds Mm -hmm. and philosophy that's what we were just talking about so to to me permaculture is really a, a planning it's a road to sustainability and I will add that, uh, maybe it's not commonly used, but it's part of it, resilience. We, we don't want to depend so much of the 18-wheelers, big trucks, mm-hmm. to bring us the food and take so much energy to deliver to every corner of a supermarket things that we can have here mm-hmm. around us. So I say if... if, if uh, uh, community gardens or private gardens would be more prevalent in the city and if we can reduce even 20% of the energy it's really wasted out mm-hmm. there on the freeways and also because the deals of the supermarket you know has to go yes extra mileage unnecessarily we done something yes we do if we do that in addition to the pleasure, the community, the children who learn in a different way of of food, like the, you know, you heard that I heard that the the eggs grow in the supermarket. That mm-hmm. children ask that how they grow, how we, where is the tree that that makes eggs in the supermarket? <laughs> right. So 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 that's uh, that's that's my vision uh, of city actually being more responsible. And having part of the planning of a city should incorporate those pieces of land that can be available to feed a population. Now, so how can people find you? Uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on farmurbana.com. <laughs> okay, so your website for your permaculture service is farmurbana. farmurbana.com. 
Yes, farmurbana.com, correct? Right, right. Yes, okay. Well, I there's so many things that you talked about that I want to go dive e- deeper, but, you know, this is an introductory session, and I appreciate all the wisdom that you share with us today, and I look forward to having deeper conversation with you, Ruth. Okay, as you can tell, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ruth. Thank you, too. Thank you so much. This was Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes Podcast, and we will talk to you again next episode.